Welcome everybody to another episode of, fl- of Flip Your Jigger. Float your boat. Float your boat. I'm here with my best buddy. Well, Where? certainly, certainly on Friday. There's <laughs> nobody else Fridays. here, George. Oh, your imaginary you're friend. Your you're imaginary in. friend. Yeah, I'm all alone the rest of the week, but on Fridays, <laughs> I have a best buddy. Welcome, Brett Pattinson. Welcome, Mr. George Sabados. Who do we Glad have to on today, Brettie boy? Today we're going to talk about a lady named Dory Miller. Okay, what's special about Dory? Dory is a freak of nature. She is oh, one of those. I, I thought that about you. Well, that's but not like her. She can actually do something constructive. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that helps. Dory um, is one of the few people on this planet that has done the double crossing of the. Um, British, the English Channel. I wow. Can, yeah. Let's say that again, the English Channel. A double crossing. Double crossing after a few attempts. Wow. Um, the stories that her husband, um, who was originally her, um, I guess, uh, trainer and coach, Nick Nesbell, yep. will tell us today, um, are quite amazing. Yeah, the they they, they formed a bond and eventually got married. I mean, just through uh, all the all the work they did together. A great love story. Great love story. And we'll get him on first. Where do I begin to tell the story of how great a love can be? The sweet love story that is older than the sea. And isn't it ironic that? She's a swimmer and swims for 26 hours to do the crossing and her name's Dory. It's quite bizarre. So we're going to go off and find Dory. Just keep swimming, swim, swim. <laughs> Let's get her in. Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Dory, um, I know that I know that Nick. He likes to have a have a beer, spend a bit of time in the pub, have a flutter. I learned that today, and he's really good at telling tall stories. So we we got you in to verify the kind of things that he said about you and the, and what you what you got up to in the last eight years. But before we do that, let's what, go back in history. Let's go back because there's like I said to you uh, before the interview, I. There's really not much I know about you uh, before your time in the club. You suddenly appeared at Bondi. I one, did. One off day. Of, I got off of the, the 333 bus, so like a lot where? of people do, <laughs> at the top of the hill. Yeah. From where? From yeah. where? But where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in uh, Connecticut in the States, uh, which is a small state next to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so I had um, went to school at the University of Maryland, went to grad school in Boston, so probably most recently I had come from, from Boston. What's your profession? Uh, I'm a designer, so I started off in graphic design and web design and, and has wow. kind of progressed from there and do a bit of, of teaching of, of design in kind of a corporate world. Well, and, and that's what you currently do for a living. Yep. Because you actually have a living. You don't just swim all day, every day. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Oh, I, not all day. I <laughs> swim kind of most days, but yeah, no. <laughs> right. So I have a job. You, so you have a job? Yeah. Well, well, you have to survive <laughs> somehow, George. Not, not like you and I. <laughs> not like you and I bumming around most of the time. Just people have to work. Much to my wife's pleasure. Yes, yes, that's right. So, I mean, you 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 came here rather late in life. Like you know, you. I mean, obviously there was some idea to move away from Connecticut, and what what. Uh, not a big plan. I, I actually uh, ha, had been made redundant from my job in the, in the States in Boston um, during the, the GFC and I was looking for work and I was um, either going to stay in Boston or maybe go to California or looking, you know, where do I want to stay here or go somewhere else? And then I, on LinkedIn, saw a job posted in Sydney. So I applied, not really thinking anything would come of it. And I heard back from them uh, and we did, I think, two phone interviews and they offered me the job and wow. to sponsor my visa and a plane ticket to Sydney. Lucky for you, we didn't go through the GFC as hard as the <laughs> Americans did. So, Lucky for you. So you, you, um, you, do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I have a, a younger brother, yeah. And, and your family's still all in Connecticut? Uh, no, my parents live in northern Michigan and my brother's in Chicago. Right. Do you, do you miss home? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first I missed it, but um, you, get, you get used to kind of your new place and then there's, there's, you go back and there's things that you miss and then there's things that you go, oh, why, you know, why do that? Because you, you get used to something here. So it's, hmm. yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting going back after being away for so long that sometimes that feels a bit foreign, but um, yeah, mostly I miss my, my family and my friends. So when you were young, did you, um, did you swim when you, you were young or were, was there other sports that you were into? I, I swam, so I started swimming at the YMCA probably when I was five or six. and did all my swimming lessons there. And then I joined a local swim squad when I, I think I was 11 um, and, and, and did that. Uh, and then I also, uh, in high school, I was uh, on the track team. So I did running. So I was like a 400, 800 um, athlete. Um, but swimming kind of took more of the priority. I guess where I'm leading to with this line of questioning is... Yes, where are you going? Is there, is there a competitive gene in you that makes you... Is it a competitive gene to win or is it a competitive gene to better yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I consider myself, I guess, competitive but not overly competitive in that you have to win at 
all costs, and that's the only thing about competing is just to win. Um, so right. I enjoy I enjoy training. I enjoy being fit. I enjoy having goals um, and and working towards those goals. I enjoy my teammates. Um, and as much as I guess everybody likes to win, sometimes you don't always. Um, so, yeah, as an athlete, I guess you learn to you learn to take the winning with the with the losing. And mm. yeah. Well, I was just hearing hearing the stories that uh, what you've been up to in the pool and in the ocean. Um, are you sure it's not um, more more of a um, stubborn as a mule gene, you know, like <laughs> or a true grit gene? You just you just you show this um, uh, unusually high level of tenacity to just, but you're but you're very quiet about it. You just don't really do a song just, and dance. You just get on with it. Just get on and 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 do it. Yeah, um, I guess maybe there's a bit of stubbornness. In some of the things that I've done, or, or I guess those types of things require stubbornness and a, an ability to just yeah get on with things and yeah basically turn back up at the pool every day and yeah you do just, it all over again and do it again the next day and I mean do you do you, do you like do you ever have the thought that oh geez I'd like to sleep in and you know the weather's bad do you have every those morning. thoughts oh, every morning. <laughs> oh, so, you, so you do I'm have not those a morning thoughts. person no so getting up at four thirty oh. or five to go training is is um, yeah right so what what something I what is it inside to? you that makes yourself do that to get up and yeah and do you go? Do, I mean can you identify yeah. What's that, the voice inside yeah. your head? What's that voice? <laughs> no, I, when I get to the pool, I, I actually enjoy it, and I, I like I do like training in the morning. And after you've finished training, you've had your breakfast. I do feel like when you go to work, I'm on those days that I do swim in the morning. Um, that you feel quite like I feel your mind is is much clearer, and mm. you're kind of ready to start the day, and you've already kind of your brain has been functioning, and you've been yep. functioning for a couple hours before everybody else has, has been up. Um, so that, that part is good, but, yeah, when the alarm clock does go off, some days I have a little discussion in my head <laughs> about whether I can go or not go. And, and um, yeah, most of the time I, 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 I do try to go, but then, you know, there are days you're just really, really tired and you need to sleep in. So, mm. you know, I kind of realised that sometimes as I got older, rest was a good thing. Um, instead of just keep going and doing something when you're you're obviously overtired and your body actually just needs to s- stop for a bit and rest. So and, and you get that. I mean, where do you get your character from? Do you think your mum or your dad? Just a... I don't, well, neither are athletes. Or you're, or you're, just, or you're, <laughs> really? you're just a freak in the family. No, <laughs> yeah, my brother's not really an athlete. He was an artist and a musician. Oh, he's a, he doesn't um, swim the Great Lakes. No, no. There's one for you. There's one for you. Have you done that yet? Uh, no, no, but there's a guy who has who has been swimming the length of the lakes. He kind of takes a little raft with him and works his way up and down the wow. Great Lakes, yeah. So when you're doing laps or when you're, doing, when you're doing long distance, do you ever get bored in your head? Because I know that, you know, even swimming across the bay once for me is I'm bored. I get bored about halfway and I think, oh, this is so boring. Do you, I mean, how do you entertain yourself or how do you keep yourself yeah, on task? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I guess you, to do the long stuff, I mean, I like to swim in a squad and that's great because, you know, you have sets and you going off of intervals and you've got other people with you. Um, and then, but then to switch from, from kind of an hour session to having to do, say, a four-hour session or six or eight hours. Um, I used to do, sometimes I can go out and, and just do like, two hours or four hours on my own. Um, it's always better when you have other people to swim with. Um, so sometimes I, I find different groups to swim with. Um, but I think for me, like the, when I decide, okay, I'm gonna train for a swim, like a longer swim, the, the transition from just doing like normal hour, hour and a half sessions to getting to four hours, there's a couple sessions where I just, you, you mentally have to get in the right headspace. So like the first time I do two hours, I might be like, oh, this is so, this is so boring. And you're kind of looking at the clock all the time. But, but then eventually you get in the mindset that you're there for four hours, mm. you know, and that's, that's just what you're going to do. You kind of get over that um, kind of getting bored quickly um, most of the time. Um, yeah, and then you, you find ways to pass pass the time or, or kind of go, I'll, one lap will take me 15 minutes or, tw you know, and then you kind of put it in chunks and you go, okay, that's one hour down, I've got three hours to go, or so not thinking about, mm. you kind of break it down and, and sometimes even on the longer swims you go, you don't think about, oh, it's going to be eight hours. I'll just think about, well, after an hour or two, I can go have something to eat. So mm. you just get to that point. And then <laughs> you work your way to kind of the next point. And then yeah, usually by the end, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so uh, my question to you is what possessed you of the kind, with the kind of madness to swim the channel twice? Twice. Uh, there actually, actually. But not only do it, do it for real, but you had two failed attempts before that. Actually, I want to, before we get to that, right. just a question. Was there a point at which you decided to do long-distance swimming, like the channel? Like, was there a somewhere that – did you have, like, an epiphany one day or um, – Yeah, so I had, I, had, I had swum all the way up through high school um, and I was actually um, a breaststroker, so 100, 200 breaststroke was my stroke, so I did IMs, did maybe, you know, the 400 – or something like that. Did a little bit of distance, but not really. And I remember thinking when I graduated from from uni that there were there was um, I was actually down in Maryland, the Chesapeake Bay. There was like a four mile swim, and probably at that point I would have been the fittest you know I'd ever been coming out of four years of a very intensive program. And I was just like, why would anybody swim? Why would they swim that long? Because my whole swimming career to then was about shaving off hundredths of a second, you know. Um, so the concept of going and swimming really long distances just kind of didn't, wasn't something I was interested in and probably when I was 21 or 22 maybe didn't have the patience to do because mm. um, I had just, you know, and plus I had been swimming for quite intensely for a long time so I kind of just needed needed a break. Um, and then I kind of eventually got back into, um, I was, I didn't swim much for like 11 years. And then I got back into, I started marathon running. 
Um, and then I started doing triathlons um, and just kind of got into that. And I thought, oh, I can do it. I can run. I can swim. You know, mm. I'll buy a bike and do that. Um, and then because I hadn't been swim training, I was pretty – I could do the swim, but it was pretty painful because I wasn't very fit. So then I got back into swimming in a squad and – um, and then started signing up for some smaller open water races. Um, and I did, um, I did a, a swim in the Boston Harbor, which is, I think, eight miles. Um, and, and the water was, was pretty cold. And, um, but I just really liked it. You know, I just like the whole thing. And you kind of have this time in your head to to think and, you know, it's, you kind of think, oh, I, you know, it's, how far did I swim? You know, kind of, you think about it when you're running, but then when you realize that if you swam that far, you're like, well, that actually, that was actually quite an achievement. So I eventually kind of dropped the, uh, the triathlon and the marathon running, um, mostly just due to injury and, and started getting into, into longer distance swimming. Um, and then I think, I think maybe I, oh, I might have read a book um, and come across a couple books, um, and one is um, by a woman named Lynn Cox, um, and she wrote a book called Swimming to Antarctica. So she was the first one to swim in the in the Arctic Ocean and uh, down there, and it was freezing cold. But anyway, she she had done the channel when she I think was fourteen or fifteen or sixteen, um, and I just found that fascinating. That was back in the 80s, I think. So I just read that and I just had this idea, oh, maybe I'll swim the channel. So I looked it up, <laughs> you know, found the association, kind of wrote them and said, I'm interested. <laughs> um, and they're like, okay, this is what you need to do. And I kind of signed up. I, I booked a boat. Uh, I went and I told my coach and I said, oh, I guess I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, so we kind of started on looking at... Um, shifting into longer distance training and yeah, things like that. So, um, And how did you shift into longer distance training? What was the process there? Like where did you go to do that? Um, so, yeah, I was swimming in my squad and so I would kind of get put sometimes in a lane over here and it's like you're going to do – everybody else was maybe doing shorter sprint stuff and I was over in the other lane doing longer sets um, and I had to learn to kind of uh, – slow down a bit um, and he would give me sets where I had to say like do hundreds but I had to come in like at the same pace every time and it would be a pace that I was slower than what I would swim in squad because you know everybody's you've got a, this set and today might be a sprint set so slowing my pace down because you have to you know you have to swim for hours and hours at a time so just finding that pace and then started doing um, distance training, so swimming in lakes or different places around Boston, which has plenty of cold water for training, and going for an hour or two hours, four hours. Um, and I had friends who would come along and swim parts of it with me <laughs> or walk up and down the beach with me and do that and just kind of, yeah, started building up the more the time in the water than the mm. distance covered. Not just yeah. not just time, but also your tolerance to the cold. Cold, walk us, yeah. Walk us through what actually happens to a person's body when they're in cold water trying to swim. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, in Boston we had a lot. Um, there's there's plenty of cold water, so we would um, we would go swimming in the winter, and it would oh, it would probably be uh, in well, must be zero Celsius, so pretty cold water, and you'd you'd get in and you'd be in it for a couple minutes. But um, yeah, so so swimming the channel and a lot of a lot of marathon swims are in colder water, so you have to climatize to that. So um, the first time I really got a taste of of training in cold water, I went to England. I went to Dover to swim with the group that trains there, and I think the water was probably about oh, might have been about thirteen. And it was like, okay, you're going to swim 20 minutes. Um, so we got in and it took me a while to even put my head in the water and it felt so cold for 20 minutes and we got out and you got dressed and then I shivered for about two hours and then we had to come back after two hours and then we had to swim 30 minutes, you know. And then the next day we had to come back and the first time it's like, okay, now swim 40 minutes go get dressed, you know, get warmed up, come back and swim. So quite quickly you could, and each time it got easier and easier. It didn't feel as cold each time and you shivered less each time. Mm. So just building up that slowly and you can acclimatize um, and and gradually build that up, um, you know. So I, I just listened to that and I thought after the first 20 minutes I would have been right, I'm not doing this. But you managed to keep on persisting and you got to the point where you did your first swim in what year was that? Uh, t- 2008, I think. Yeah, so it's just been 10 years. And then you had Seems a couple a long of... Time ago. Then you went on to have a couple of attempts at there and back was, or did you swim one way a couple of times before you did the... Tried to do the over and back. Yeah, I, I did. I did one way. So on my first um, swim, I actually had uh, a, a pretty good swim. Um, there was a, a point in the middle of it where the seas got um, pretty rough, and I got pretty seasick, and that part was miserable. And I threw up a couple times, but then you know the weather kind of settled down again, and and the rest of the swim was really good. And I remember. It was like the middle of the night and I had asked my crew, I said, oh, on the next feed, can you give me, you know, some ibuprofen because my shoulder was getting a bit sore. And they're like, we're almost there. Like, there is no next feed. Because it was dark, I couldn't see anything. I was like, oh, okay, that, that, I could have kept going. Like, you know, I expected we'd be out, you know, because I didn't know what time it was. It was the middle of the night. It was dark. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so, so I did that swim and I had a, I had a pretty good time and, and, uh, and so that was great. And I had, I had some friends who, who had done multiple channel crossings and they had all done doubles or they were attempting to do doubles. And so I, I said, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll do a double because um, everybody else was, was, <laughs> was doing one. Um, and I signed up for, a, you know, for two years later to, to attempt the double um, and, and didn't make it then. I was having a lot of shoulder problems at the time. So I got through one way. And probably two, two and a half hours into the way back, it was very windy. It was very rough. My shoulders were just getting more and more sore. And I had already had a shoulder injury, so I just didn't want to, you know, end mm. up with, you know, not being able to swim for like a year or two or, or something like that. So um, so then signed up again, did another swim t- two years later. Um, that one was pretty miserable. I think we got about 
almost 21 hours. So we were on the way back, probably about three quarters. Um, and the tides were just against us. Um, and, you know, it was, it was pretty cold. Um, and maybe Nick knows more of the details because he was on the boat and part of the discussion, but, you know, I was swimming in the water. Um, and basically, the, the, I think the pilot, the captain said, look, you're, she's going nowhere. Um, and I had, for a while, not been actually making forward progress because we were against the tide. So pretty much we were stuck in one spot. And he said, so we're going to have to wait until the tide changes again, which is in another six hours. And even then, we might not get through or, you know, we might just be pushed backwards in the tide and we might not make land. So they kind of, um, and I was, I was really starting to struggle at that point. So they kind of just called the swim um, and said, look, we think we're going to end that now, um, which happens a lot, at least in, in the, the um, English Channel, the way all the tides and currents work. Um, yeah, sometimes you could be very close, but to make that last bit of distance against the current. Yeah, right. Yeah. So did you get to a point, do you, like when you like going, I don't think I'm going to make this, are you at a point where you're starting to hallucinate? Or do, you, or do you not have any, or have you never had that? I don't think I've hallucinated. <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, no, points where you get, a couple times I have gotten pretty cold and your hands, you know, you, your hands just go, they almost like, in a, they call it the claw, like so you can't, you know, your hands are so cold and you're swimming and your stroke gets a bit erratic and you're, you just get really, really cold and, and um and you're trying to get through it, so um, it, so that that can that can happen kind of quickly, and it can be and it's not it's not very fun at all. Mm. Um, so I wasn't probably at that point when they called the swim off. I wasn't that bad, although I was getting very cold, and I just in my head I was just imagining the hot bath that I could get in when I was done, just thinking, oh, it's only a couple more hours, and then I was just trying to think of stuff warm, you know, something that was warm, but. Mm. Um, yeah, so hypothermia is another thing that you know you have to have to deal well, with. Not just hypothermia. I mean, uh, your bodily functions. Uh, yeah, I did ask Nick because you know it's fascinating. Like, how do you deal with? You're in the water for that many hours. Yeah. You know, and eating. Like, yep. is it every? Is everything through a squeeze a squeeze bottle? Like, uh, you know, is it a soup or is it a? Like, how do you feed yourself? Yeah, so I like to, um, at least in those cold water swims, have every feed something that's warm. Um, so I like peppermint tea. And we have different, I like I use a, a, a carbohydrate powder, so you can just basically mix that into anything. Um, so I like to have, you know, warm feed. Um, chicken soup is is good. Um, having a lot of solid food can be a bit hard because you're treading water and then you're trying to chew, but your jaw is a bit, a bit, you know, stiff. Nice. Everything's a bit stiff, and then, you know, pretty much it gets wet in salt water anyway. So things that are kind of um, easy to eat and chew, um, having like the little baby, baby food in the, in the squeezy pouches, things like that. 
um, bananas, sometimes some chocolates and, and little treats like that. Um, so, so anything liquid, they'll, they, we put it in a water bottle and on a rope and toss that in. And then for anything solid or anything like, you know, if they want to hand me some ibuprofen or something like that, you know, we, we use a, we have like a basket or something on a pole and you got to hand it over over the side of the boat and reach in and, and grab it. Oh, Nick did mention medication, right? So it was just ibuprofen, ibuprofen was it? Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's all that's allowed according to the, uh, the committee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a mild painkiller. Yeah. <laughs> and it's required. It's required by all swimmers. I mean, swimmers need that. Need no, it, no. Right? I mean, you usually get you. You probably on most long swims, you get aches and pains here or there, and you know sometimes that you know it's, you can. It's the only thing you kind of take to maybe relieve some of the pain, but um, you can't. Yeah, you can't really take anything stronger than that. Right. Um, yeah. So, so on the third attempt, you make it. And it's a long swim. How did you feel when you walked up? Could you walk on the beach? Did like did you walk up the beach? Was we or did you land at the? At the uh, we landed um, north of Saint Margaret's Beach, um, so that's north of Dover, um, and it was just in a spot um, under basically under the White Cliffs. So the boat kind of had to stop about four hundred meters off because it was you know obviously shallow. Hmm. Um, and I swam in, and it was just big white cliffs in front of me, um, and kind of the it was probably about five thirty in the morning, so the the sun was rising, um, so you're getting like kind of a pink glow on the cliffs. It was very it was very pretty. I do remember like you know looking at it, going this is you know this is this is actually very pretty. Um, I think when I finally got to where it was shallow enough, there was a bunch of rocks and stuff, so I kind of I wasn't even sure if I could stand up and walk, so I think I kind of half crawled and half got myself, you know, just sitting on, I got out and I kind of just sat on a rock because I wasn't even sure whether I'd, you know, have balance to, yeah, to right. stand up and I, I kind of just sat there for a little bit and looked around and kind of tried to take in a, a bit of the scenery um, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then I had to kind of shimmy and kind of crawl my way Back into the water um, and swim, swim back to the boat and, and get out, <laughs> which was probably the hardest bit. <laughs> yeah, well, describe, well, describe the, the your mental state. Like, what was going through your mind at that time? Um, I don't know. I guess just relief um, and uh, tired, ex- exhausted, um, pretty sore. I felt just felt like at that point my uh, my arms were. It was all I could do to, like, you know, you kind of get them still moving. Mm. Um, I mean, I think my pace was probably okay. It just felt like, you know, every stroke was was a bit was a bit tough. Um, and a couple hours earlier, when it was still dark, I I, um, I was getting a bit tired, and I was trying to think, okay, are we are we even getting close? Are we kind of in a situation like last time? where we're going backwards or we're going to be in this spot for another eight hours before we can get close and it was dark and I couldn't, couldn't really see. I was trying to figure out, like, in my head, how far are we? Um, and I probably... I, I, I never ask... 
Um, I never ask what time it is. I never ask how long I've been in the water. I never ask how long, how much longer, because sometimes it looks like it's only going to be 10 minutes and you find out it's two hours. So I, I just try not to even ask those questions, but I finally just said, how much longer <laughs> do you think it's going to be? And, and um, Nick was like, no, no, just hang in there. I'll tell you, I think he said, I'll tell you on the next feed. And I was which was probably another 20 or 30 minutes later. And I was like, okay, he's either going to tell me that we're not going to make it or we are going to make it. And I was, you know, spent about probably 20 or 30 minutes trying to figure out which, which he was, which one he was going to tell me. Um, but then actually the sun started to come up a little bit because the sun rises quite early in the morning there. And I could then just start to make out cliffs and things like that. So I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that we are going to get there at this point. And then just as the sun came up, um, I could just see the, the cliffs. Um, so I was, I was pretty confident, um, pretty happy. I tried to kind of take in the, the sunrise. It was a beautiful sunrise and the cliffs and everything like that to try to, you know, um, yeah. keep that in your head because... Um, yeah, to get that that view back into England on that side from the water, like I had had a view of France, but then to actually come back into England and get that view of of a nice sunrise on the cliffs was was pretty nice. But um, yeah, I was probably relieved, <laughs> mostly, and 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 happy and. Yeah. Were there thousands of people on the beaches waving British flags? Uh, no, when, there was nobody there. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody I was, was just thinking there. that in my head. It's, <laughs> so there's no reception committee. No, no, but um, no. So, we, yeah, so, well, where we were wasn't actually a beach. You couldn't actually, you know, ex, you know get down to that part. Um, so, no, there was nobody on the beach there. Although I think Nick said that there was a, a seal or something that was swimming around me. But I never saw it. Oh, so apparently lost. I had company, um, <laughs> but I, I, never, I never saw it. He said they followed me for a while. Um, and then, you know, obviously back on the boat, everybody in the crew was, you know, kind yeah. of bundled me up and got congratulations. And then when we got back into the marina in Dover, um, there were a couple other Australians who were there um, and they had, they must have been watching the tracker. So they had come down at probably six in the morning. So I, I had a small welcoming party when we got back actually to the dock. Vegemite so. on toast, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so after the, after I was going to say after the race, after the yeah. swim, how long how long did it, does it take you to recover from something like that? Is it months or is it days? Is it um, yeah, so probably <laughs> um, it was probably about three days before I could lift my arms again. Right. so that's I mean, they were just so sore. Um, I couldn't really lift my arms up, so you know even trying to brush your hair, my hair was a, a bit hard because you. <laughs> Um, So they were sore, Um, you know, kind of when we got back to the hotel and had a nap, the bed felt like it was still, you know, rocking back. It felt like it was rocking back and forth. So it takes, you know, a little while before you kind of feel like you're not, you know, a couple hours before you're not in water. So I think probably after, yeah, three or four days, my arms were less sore. I was less less sore overall, like your whole body feels sore. 
I did have, I think from the salt water, my throat got really, really sore. So it was actually hard to eat. Like everything that went down just felt like it was. Mm. So I think just from from just the salt water. Um, so I was hungry, but then I wanted to eat. And then I was, I'd be, <laughs> my throat would be really sore. So that was like another week. Um, so like physically after that, I felt fine. I was probably tired for another couple of weeks, just in general, just tired. Um, and I probably didn't, I just took a break. I probably didn't go back to, to swimming for you know, another month or two. Um, so just, just took a rest because, you know, I guess swimming or whether you're doing a marathon or something like that, it really takes a lot out of your body. So rest, Did, rest at that point was, was good. But I think we, we got back into the water the next day. I went down to the, we went down to the harbor. I think I just floated around. I couldn't even really move my arms to do a stroke, but we just kind of, you know, you're went back like, and you're just flapping around. Like I was a flapping around. <laughs> like not, like not a, Which is funny because, like, you know, a couple of days before you're just swimming and then you get down there and you're like, oh, I can't even like take a stroke did, now. Did recognize you when you came out of the water after that swim? I mean, you must have looked like a shriveled prune. Uh, yeah, there's video of it. Like my, how long does it take to my, dry out? Uh, my face was like, it was really swollen. Uh, my hands were, you know, prunes. Um, I couldn't really work my fingers or anything because I didn't even tie my shoes, my shoelaces because my hands just weren't really working. Um, but I think that all went away in like a couple, couple hours. So I hopefully looked, I had a really bad tan line on my forehead from my bathing cap. That was, that, yeah, <laughs> that stuck for, for quite a while. Um, so but I think after probably a couple hours, I hopefully looked Semi-human. Semi-human, yeah. I, um, you know, a lot of people have this morbid fear of like swimming out past the heads or, you know, away from the coastline. Fear of sharks, fear of the unknown, can't see where you're going. And you, and you, you trained at night in pitch dark as well. How do you overcome all those Thoughts. Those thoughts, yeah. Well, here we, we went And down. how do you swim in a straight line? So yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess when you're doing the swims, you always have a boat with you. So sometimes you have a support kayaker. So you, you know you're always next to a boat. And I, there have been other, um, other people who have, done, have been doing swims um, and have been pulled out of the water due to their crew seeing sharks and things like that. Um, and uh, training here, training at night, I trained um, at Red Leaf. So, any, you know, within a, a netted area, I probably wouldn't be too keen on swimming at Bondi um, at night or at, or at uh, three in the morning when the, that shark buoy seems to yeah. be pinging. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have seen sharks, not a few sharks, and they're probably more harmless ones, but. Um, yeah, I do go for swims here in the bay or I swim, you know, over to, to Bronte. I, I wouldn't go over that way by myself. I'd swim with somebody else and I don't know, I, I don't, I suppose, you know, sharks are always there. Probably jellyfish are the worst, I mean, the blue bottles um, mm. usually is, you know, you encounter those more often than, than you would you would sharks. I, I heard though that you once swam all the way to Maroubra. 
I haven't gone to Maruba, no. The farthest oh, I've haven't. swum down is to Kuji, <clears throat> Kuji and back from here um, or up to, like just around here or up to, um, to do the Watson's Bay swim. Uh, to Wiley's Baths, is that, is that Kuji? Is Wiley's? Yeah, 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 right to Wiley's, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But you didn't swim down and back, did you? Yeah, I've gone, yeah, Kuji and back, yep. Yeah, uh, with, with, I, either, I, I, well, with either somebody paddling with me or with an right, IRB. Right. I wouldn't, yeah, no, yeah. definitely wouldn't just go right. swim that far on my own. No, yeah. not without somebody there. I was, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so is there something, is there some burning passion to do something crazy like that again or, have, or are you finished with that sort of swimming? Um... No, I'd like to get back into doing some other swims. Um, yeah, after after the finally doing the double, I, I, you know, I was kind of ready for a bit of a bit of a break. Um, so, um, yeah, but no, I'd, I'd like to get back into some distance swimming. I've been all, I've been doing short surf races, so. <laughs> you, you, you're not considering uh, emulating what that lady did, that the, crazy the, woman, the crazy woman did, the one, to the book Cuba that you read. Oh, well, Cuba, no, no, no. The, the, remember the book you read in the eighties about yeah. the lady that swam in the Antarctic. Antarctic, yeah. You're not considering something like that, are you? Like swimming in the Antarctic or the Arctic? Uh, Across the no. Bering Sea? N- no, <laughs> no, no. I heard I a great so. story about the woman that swam to. Cuba. She was old, like really over sixty, I think. Well, oh, that's really old. Something crazy. You're like only that. a few years away from that. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> really bad jellyfish. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, jellyfish. Yes. Nick told me that you also suffered from jellyfish going down the front of your um, swimming what? costume. Mm. Uh, are they like just so thick and present in the ocean that you can't avoid them? Uh, in the channel there. Um, uh, only on one of my swims did I get stung, um, and uh, they were smaller ones. And they this there was you know like a sting, like it stung for like twenty minutes, and then it went away. Um, That's because you were toughened up by the well, Australian no, blue they you know, <laughs> I don't know what kind they were. Um, blue bottles are much worse, so that you know yeah. that you always right. take that chance swimming out here in Bondi sometimes, and you get wrapped up in a. St- Ugh, wrapped up in a stinger, and those those are pretty. Those ones are pretty painful. Um, so at least around here, that's probably your your biggest danger is coming across a swarm of blue bottles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, th- th- uh, that's not the only danger I could think of. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, and, I, and I really, and I really. The, do the, the, but usually, when you do that, end your swim pretty quickly. Yes. You're like, I'm out of here. What well, <laughs> through them? Yeah. <laughs> you can't avoid them. Well, I mean, sometimes you, hit, around, you, well, you might hit a patch of them. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. You know, like where there's hundreds. Yeah, and you can't get away from. No, that. they just no. wrap around you. No. And I oh. like I like your interpretation of fun. You know, like you you mentioned that. A couple of your swims were fun. I wouldn't consider a you know a cross channel swim being fun, but you know whatever floats your boat. You, could, you <laughs> consider a going in the water a tough tough ask I, I if do, it's out of the steam room, let alone anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut all this out, can't I? Yeah. <laughs> and you will, and I will, and you will. So, Dory, thanks for coming in today. Thank you for I, having I, me, George. Do you have anything else? No, well. 
Normally we ask our guests... A song. That's, mm. Yeah, that's right. Is there a, a song that represents you or that you love or the one that lights you up when you're swimming 30,000 miles in, you know, over, over the course of seven days. What is that song that you repeat in your head that oh. you love? Is there a song, or do you? No, because you know what, I'm terrible at remembering song lyrics in my head. So well, I only get like a short enough, you know, like. I so it's never, not like the. I try thing that. Or... I try to, you know, I'll just sing songs, and but you know, other than if unless it's like, you know, something you learned in grade school or something like nursery mm. rhymes, like I can't remember enough of the lyrics to something. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just hum Rocky or Chariots oh, yeah, of Fire yeah. or something. Like that. <laughs> No, actually, no, no. So, so you, I, I, pres, I presume that when uh, you and Nick got married, yes, that you must have played some. We did play a song. Um, so this, so, <laughs> uh, this, the song. It wasn't um, Ed Sheeran, was it? No, <laughs> no. Um, it was, um, yeah. Our our song was um, the swimming song, um, sung by Loudon uh, Wainwright. The I don't know that. Actually, Loudon Wainwright. It's not the. Okay. Third, the but, uh, yeah, okay, so it's well, more I'll, of a I'll find you, you find it and you yeah. can play it in I'll your play. little segue. Yeah, was there a, it's a, all about swimming. <laughs> was there, who chose that one? Uh, I guess we did, and I kind of had it in the back of my mind that you know, what if we just pick something that was just kind of different? Um, and we tried all the the romantic you know, the, type the, the songs. romantic ones and we just went no that's just that's just not us so yeah, right. let's just do a okay. song that we well we liked well on that note dory <laughs> okay. i'm going to go out with the swimming song just keep swimming <laughs> just like dory did yeah thank you dory oh thank you thank you just keep swimming just keep swimming just keep swimming 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 what do we do we swim swim dory no singing <laughs> Self-destructive fool I'm a self-destructive fool